0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. I'm with Sean Gabidon, who was the Series 14 winner of The Apprentice, business owner, has run an, a brilliant clothing brand, which is just recently launched in Asda. She's transitioned for, with that clothing brand and built up a fantastic business. Uh, she's got an awesome story, and I'm looking forward to getting to know her and hearing more from her about her journey in business and all the things she's done. So welcome on, Sean. Really pleased to have you. Thank you. you. Yeah, welcome on. Really, really pleased to to have you on and wanting to hear more and more about your story. You know, I've read uh, lots of different things and got to know you through the media a little bit before we met today and wanted to kind of really go on your backstory. I mean, Business Growth Secrets is all about the audience, showing them and serving them and helping them to find those little nuggets are going to motivate them, inspire them, keep them going, and I think you've you've certainly during your career, you know, certainly very inspirational one that I think people can learn a lot from. So, do you want to introduce yourself? Go back right yes. to tell us a bit about you and a bit about how you came to be where you are today?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I um, pre-apprentice because everybody just knows. Well, everybody generally knows me from being on the apprentice. But I set my business up. I think it was about a year or two before the apprentice. Very, very small scale and very organically. It wasn't, you know, set plan as such. It was that I went to uni, I did fashion design, and I wanted to do something creative. I wasn't even sure what it was that I wanted to do, to be honest. I just knew I love design and I love drawing and I learned how to actually make clothes. So when I finished uni, I, one of the tutors actually at uni was basically like, if you don't move to London, you can't make it in fashion. But I couldn't really afford to move to London. So I was like, "Well, I'm going to just stay in Leeds. I'm going to get a job in marketing, and I'll just do my creative thing on the side with fashion." So that's uh-huh. exactly what I did. Yeah, I started to work. Actually, ironically, for ASDA in their like marketing uh-huh. department. Did uh-huh. you? Yeah, yeah, but because their their head offices are in Leeds, where I'm based, uh-huh. so worked for ASDA. Didn't particularly love it. It was very you know same same kind of thing every day. And then on the side, I was just making bikinis and. The honest truth with bikinis is I I decided to do bikinis originally because they were very simple to make on a sewing machine and I could do everything myself single-handedly. So I started making, and I did feel like at the time I was going on holidays, going to pool parties, and the options for swimwear were very minimal. So I was making these bikinis, and then I set up an Instagram page just as a more like a personal page. I was posting pictures of the bikinis, and it started to get loads and loads of interest. And we eventually got like, I say we, it was literally me at the time, but we had like stylists and celebrities messaging saying, oh, can I have this bikini in this color and in this size? And at that point, I was actually like, okay, well, maybe I could actually monetize this and start to make a little bit of money on the side whilst I'm working. And that's it. That's what I did. It just grew into a business from there because once we got some big influencers wearing it, you know, we had a girl who was in TOWIE at the time and she was really big and well-known made her all these bikinis. I had no idea if she'd even wear any of them, but she did. She wore one in, I think it was in Dubai. And as soon as she wore it and posted, that was where I'd say it became a business because everything just went crazy, I guess, at the time.
0: How did you cultivate that contact? Because this is the thing, a lot of people listen to that story, being that I know a lot of the listeners and some of the listeners that listen, they're at that early stages. They're looking for a breakthrough like that. But what I'd be really interested is how did you kind of get that breakthrough? Was that you was it this, the quality of your product? Was it the fact I that the product was absolutely awesome?
1: I feel like it was a bit of a mixture, to be honest, because I think at the time, Instagram wasn't like it is now. It wasn't where, you know, you're paying for ads and all that kind yeah. of jazz. It was very organic at the time. So people saw what you was posting. And yeah. I think because I went down that swimwear route, it did make the product a little bit more unique and give it more of a USP. And at the time, you know, you had your big stores like your top shops, but they didn't do it was like you'd buy a set that was one size, whereas I did different size top, different size bottom, and we did reversible and multiway and all different kinds of things that were like one off, one off pieces. So I'd say that having that kind of USP and and having Instagram as the platform it originally was is what helped us because it wasn't even us reaching out either necessarily.
0: And I thought that was really interesting, what you're saying there. Because did you go into the market saying, you know, there's a problem in the marketplace here. People can't get the sizes they want, and I want to offer something different. Is, is that Yeah. Your
1: Originally, I started making bikinis because it was easy to do. Then when I started to get the interest and I started to actually properly plan ranges and work out, you know, how to get the product to market, that was when I was like, there's actually a major niche here for this type of product and for the... One thing that we, even now as a loungewear brand, um, you know, we do still sell swim, but we're, we're all about making women feel good. And at the time, I wanted to just bring a product that wasn't, like, set for all shapes and sizes, as in we made, you know, high-waisted and low-waisted. We just made bikinis that we wanted girls to feel good in. And our motto is more of a, if you feel confident wearing it, wear it and don't worry about what people say, rather than, like, you should cover up or you should... Wear just like, wear whatever you want and, you know, make it look good. And then I think having it multi-way and having it reversible, it just gives that more of a sustainable element, which is massive now, you know, in fashion. And it lets people make the product their own. So, you know, back then, you might have the same bikini as someone from Charmarie at a pool party, but you wouldn't look the same because you'd be tying it up a different way or you'd be reversing it. So it's a different print. So we tried to just tap into a few different areas to, yeah, I guess to fill a gap and to just let people do something that they'd not normally done with bikinis before, you know?
0: Yeah, and also that really gave you that big differentiator in a way, I suppose, that it, you know, people yeah. Know that. Yeah, it
1: did. And back then it was major for us because it was almost like we weren't the first to do it, but we probably were. In some ways we were. We were just small scale at the time. And it's harder, you know, now I guess with fast fashion brands, they just churn out stuff every single day. But I think for us, even where we are, you know, as a brand now, we still have that element of we're not fast fashion and that's not what we sell ourselves as. You know, we want you to buy a piece and keep it forever. And it's an investment piece in some ways, you know, buy once, wear forever. So. That's kind of, it still sets us apart and it still makes people want to buy from us. The quality of the finished craftsmanship, that's what we, you know, we're all about. It's good quality, it's going to last you forever.
0: Why are you talking about it, it seems like there's a good passion there, right? You
1: Definitely. Pretty,
0: you know, you're proud of what you've created in terms of the fashion wear and...
1: Yeah, I am. And I like that my story is not like a conventional business story in a way. You know, I never sat and said, right, I'm going to set a business up today and these are my budgets and this. Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was completely different. And then obviously being on The Apprentice and getting in the position, I mean, now it's it's such a different world to be in. But, you know, I started off very, I guess, what's the word? Very small scale, no investment and no money. So, for, you know, for people who are interested in starting business or just set up, my story is very organic. You know, I didn't get a huge investment to begin with. Like people think that with The Apprentice, yeah. I'm just instantly successful. I was running my business. Yeah, I was working full-time as well in the beginning. So I was working full-time in marketing, getting up five o'clock, sewing bikinis on a morning, taking them to the post office. It was just a very... Now, uh, right there, uh, doing
0: that. Was there ever a time when you were a bit like, oh my God, or was it the passion that carried you through? Or did you ever have kind of, did you ever think, oh, why am I doing this? Or, or were you always just like, I'm, I just so want people to wear my stuff. I just want to... What was yeah. your mindset like? <laughs>
1: I guess once I realised this was actually becoming a business now and this was something I could make a little bit of extra money from and it was something I definitely enjoyed doing because it was, you know, what I chose to do at uni, it's my passion. I yeah, getting up early, even nowadays, you know, I don't really mind doing it. It's it's what I enjoy doing every day. Getting up early, I miss a lot, you know, as a business owner you sacrifice so much and for me it's never like a gutted, I can't go to the party or I can't go the- I always just think about my future, what I'm doing it for and at some point I'll get all that time back yeah, and yeah. I'll be in you know, be in a good position.
0: No, that's great. And how did working at Asda in marketing influence you? Did you actually learn some bits about marketing? Did yeah. just being in the conversation help you, you know? So I always say I've got a, a you know, a young nephew and I always say to him, get into marketing, you know, that's what I kinda of say to him that you should because marketing's had a massive impact on my life. And yep. once you learn it and you're in the conversation constantly, it definitely helps you, doesn't it? in terms of what did definitely. that help you spark ideas or
1: definitely that's why I chose marketing. part of my degree, there was a really small part of it that was marketing, and I was actually expected a two two in my degree, and I think I was at a two one with the design side. you made a collection and then you had a marketing side. Nobody cared about marketing in my class other than me, and I thought, well. This tutor, poor woman, everybody hated the class except me. So I literally spent so much time on my, my marketing section that the grade was so high, it bumped me up to a first overall. And there were about four people in the year that got a first. So for me, marketing was something that I, I'd always had an interest in anyway. And when I started to work at Asda, even though it wasn't necessarily fashion, you know, it wasn't necessarily linked to what I was doing, there were links there in general, the same way that businesses all have links in some ways, even though they're different, you know, it's different sectors. Of course.
2: Of course. Yes.
0: So that helps. So then, we, then you applied to go on The Apprentice. So what made you decide to actually apply in the first place? What was your mindset behind that?
1: I am a massive Apprentice fan, and I used to watch The Apprentice every single year with my dad. And, you know, we'd watch it together and I'd be like, I'd be good on this, Dad. I'd, you know, I'd definitely win it. And he used to be a bit like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then one year I saw the advert, I think, or I saw something about applying for it. And I thought, actually, I've got a business now. I was still working full time, but, you know, the business was going from strength to strength. And I thought, I think I'm going to apply. And I I genuinely just, I didn't do it as a, I'm going to go on it and win it. It was more just a heat of the moment thing. I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. But I spent a lot of time on the application. I treated it a bit like I was doing an essay, you know, really went for it. And I was very last minute, I think it was like the day before the closing day, I I sent everything off. I sent it all off and I thought, well, I probably won't hear back. You know, as anybody would, what are the chances? Yeah. And then I did hear back and, and yeah, went and auditioned. And, God, even now I can't believe that that all happened. And What was that audition process like for you? It was a lot, it was grueling, and it was, the whole situation was a lot harder than anything I'd ever imagined. You know, as a young kind of entrepreneur and someone who wasn't bothered about getting up early and working late nights and, you know, balancing, being involved in the audition and being involved in the show was a whole different, like, ball game. And it wasn't just physical, it was mental. There was so many challenging kind of parts to it that yeah, even when I think back now, it was a really bizarre time. But I learned a lot about myself throughout everything, through audition right through to being on the show and to winning it now and being where I am.
0: And why do you think What was the reason you think you came through that process and won?
1: I think that there were a few things. I think as a person and, you know, for, for the bits that Lord Sugar got to see and, you know, speak to me whilst on the show, and, you know, there were no talking off camera like people think it was literally what it was. I think because I'm quite calm and collected and I've never lost my head and I, that was not how I handle things anyway. Um, but then all, obviously my background is like a very humble, normal yeah, normal, yeah. you know, upbringing. We didn't come from money. It, you know, it is what it is. And I think there were just some connections there with us. And even now, you know, he tells it how it is. That's how he works. And I prefer that. You know, I'd rather honesty and let's just get straight to the point. So I think overall, yeah, we, we, we gel quite well together as personalities, you know. And I think he saw, he must have seen something in me in the show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: definitely work if there, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. Not really hard, right? So... How's that changed things then? So you go on the show, you win the show. What was kind of, if we just talk a little bit about the show, what was a moment for you? What do you think was a turning point for you or a moment where you think, you know what, I think I might actually win this. I've got a shot here. Where did you end
1: Do you know what? I I went in there. I didn't have like a game plan, but I just went in and I said, I'll just be myself. And I think the first few tasks as well, my my main thing was I just don't want to leave in the first task. That was like the key. (laughs) I, I don't want to embarrass myself. So I guess to begin with, it was a bit scary because you kind of didn't want to say too much, but then you didn't want to sit in the shadows because you would just got kicked out for that. Mm. Um, so I kind of weighed, weighed up the situations and weighed up the other contestants because I I think for the first few tasks, they help you get through as well. You know, if you go in organs blazing and you're a nightmare, they're just going to want to get you out. Yeah. And then I think I got to a point where it was about halfway through and I had to step up a bit more and be more vocal. And when there's less of you, you know, and there's like three of you or whatever in a team, you can't not give input, you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely got to one task. It was the QBC task we did. Oh, God, it was, a, it was a nightmare, really. It was like live on air thing. Mm-hmm. And I was PM and I decided to go for the really high priced item. And it was a massive gamble. because In my head, I was a bit like, if I lose this, I'm going to probably go. But I'll go with a ban and I'll have done, I'll have took a risk, you know. And mm-hmm. a bit of me thought, he probably likes to see people take risks mm-hmm. um, as we do in business. So yeah, I chose these really expensive earrings and they were like three grand, I think, for a pair. And it was a bit like if we sell one or two, we've won the task. Mm-hmm. And yeah. whilst we were doing the QVC thing, we sold one and we were like, oh my God. And I think we sold two in the end. But when we got to the boardroom, somebody cancelled the order and the panic then cause I thought oh god i'm go- i'm going now that's it i'm going to go but i think we still won it overall but of every task that was a one that once i got through it i was like i reckon i could win this now because i've proved myself and i'm not bothered anymore like i'm i'm not scared about making decisions now yeah. you know i've got to do what i've got to do
0: oh that's awesome. oh. and how's that <laughs> changing things for you so in terms of how how things have changed obviously you went on and you partnered up how i think that a lot of people the power of tv especially can be very very powerful for a business the power of getting your message out through media and getting people to see you and yeah. understand who you are and buy into your journey your story your personality is absolutely massive how did that actually change things for you after you come off the apprentice and you were starting to work in your business what happened next
1: it was obviously as you can imagine it was amazing and to have lord sugar and the contacts that he's got and the you know the kind of infrastructure that that you get i guess with the show was was amazing but then as just a business as well you know there were so many changes that we had to make and there was so much interest that we got off the back of being on the show from retailers and yeah. the business plan wasn't actually even we weren't planning on offering wholesale we were just going to do online and then we got these opportunities it was like well we'd be silly to not and then you know things like that came with new challenges I guess and things that had to change in the way that the business was being run the way that we produced the products the volumes like it was just now when I look at the business and god now that we've moved into loungewear especially it's a whole different business to what it was very small scale very I guess easy to manage a lot of stress a lot of pressure but easier to manage now there's a lot more branches a lot more things going on you know but yeah i love i've actually loved every step of the way so far and it's been a roller coaster with covid but i think i enjoy having a bit of pressure and having hurdles in some ways because it does keep you on your toes
0: Absolutely. And you made this change to go into loungewear, right? So I was reading a bit about that and, and how how's that affected things and what was that like? Was that a joint decision that's something you came up with? You said, well, I think we need to kind of change here. What kind of happened with that?
1: So we'd we'd planned to expand and go into new areas because swimwear was was good, but it obviously was quite seasonal. We were a UK based brand as well, so we were trying to branch internationally, but we knew we wanted to bring another type of product out as well. Um, and then when COVID hit to be fair, COVID was one that I was just, initially I didn't even think it would affect us, it was a bit like, you know, as everybody kind of thought it was, well, well, we'll see what goes on. And the the bigger it got, the more I was like, this is actually going to massively affect us, because at the time we was purely swim, yeah. and we, yeah. I think it was March, we'd just launched a new swim collection, and we started yeah. to get people returning it to say the holidays have been cancelled, and, you know, because oh of COVID, yeah. and I started to get a bit of a panic thinking. If everything shuts down now, what are we going to sell? Because no one can go on holiday. The bikinis were not really like spa bikinis and they were shut anyway, you know. So it was like, okay, we need to look at some options. And yeah, we always had planned to do lounge, but the way we did it was a lot quicker than you normally would as a brand. But the success that we had, partly probably because of COVID too, you know, everyone's at home wearing tracksuits, chilling. It was one of the best things that as a business we have done and I guess it, it forced us to do it quick but the position that we're in now is it's made me realize how much easier loungewear is to sell than swimwear now that I've done that transition.
2: It's just every
1: day and it widens the market massively. you know we're still 18 to 35 as our target market female but really with loungewear it's not set to an age group it's Whoever wants to wear it, you know, really. And us being in Asda now, it's just widened us up to.
0: What is it? Why did Asda get in touch? What did they like about the product or why did you get in touch with them? Why did you see that as a great fit?
1: I think what it is with, you know, partly with COVID as well, I think with Asda, you know, it's that realization that you can have your customers go in to do the big shop, but they can also do the clothes shop. The high street is not what it used to be. Unfortunately, you know, I, I love the high street and yeah. as I own an online brand, but I do like to go and buy things physically. And because our products are such good quality, we need people to be able to see them to understand that, you know. And with Asda, it was one of those where they're kind of transitioning into bringing in brands so people can get that overall experience. No one's really in the high street, so they can go do the food shop, do the clothes yeah. shop while they're there. And we kind of ticked that box of being. We're premium products, but without the premium price, really. And I don't like. It sounds a bit cliche, but I need to find a good way of saying that. Like, our stuff will last forever. It'll last wash after wash, and it might be thirty five pound for a hoodie, but really, that's not bad at all. Mm. And I think nowadays, because there's so many fast fashion brands, kind of changes younger people's perceptions of how they should shop. But we're trying to bring it back to how it should be, really, of saying you don't need to buy new clothes every yeah. week you can buy this tracksuit and it's going to last you and our color palettes are quite safe you know we've got your neutrals your blacks your grays the yeah. colors yeah. you can wear all year round and i think it just fits in with with that but as Asda, the Asda have other brand in there they have different types of brands for different markets and we fit that kind of i'd like to say like zara like a zara yeah. vibe oh look Yeah. And the products, you know, the products in Zara, the quality of them are fab and it's not overly expensive. And I guess that's what we're trying to be. But yeah, a bit cooler than Zara, I guess.
2: (laughs) Good
0: stuff. Good stuff. So, you know, in terms of along that journey, you know, you have done great in terms of the transitioning, starting off right from the bottom, getting going, using media to kind of propel yourself, and then obviously going out and building the business. What, what would you say are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way that you could share with the audience? Maybe three, three really good tips for them on you know what are some of the things that they can do as they go and grow their business that you would say that you've seen that you think we could really help them.
1: I guess there's two ways that I look at it because I look at it as pre. Um, investment so small scale one thing I'm very proud of and I'm glad that I did was initially I was I'm not trying to say you should be working full-time but because I was working full-time I wasn't it wasn't a panic for me with the business so for example I was paying my you know bills and rent and stuff and I could focus on building the business and reinvesting the profits there was no you know I wasn't needing to pay myself a wage or anything like that and that massively helped us initially to build yeah. i guess and then when i look at post investment one of the key things i think when it's it's real difficult because when you you know you just suddenly get all this money and you're like okay i've got this business plan and i can start spending it looking back now it's not being silly and just sometimes i think that you think you have to be working with the biggest company or agency or when really it's about being savvy still and i think now especially I'm probably tighter with money than I was free investment because you know the value of it, and you know yeah. you've kind of been through it you know you've tried people that's not worked out you've spent the money on things that didn't necessarily work out, and now you're really looking thinking, okay, this is what I should have done from the start, and that's why, as a business owner, I think you're the best especially in the position I'm in now, I guess where you know we we're on a really great track with you know the best we've ever been giving advice to other business owners, especially in the fashion industry. There's so much that I know now that I wish I would have known, even when I first got the investment. But you have to go on that journey, I think, sometimes for yourself because, you know, you can get the advice, but you'll still do what you want to do. And sometimes you have to hit them hurdles. To- that's
2: very true,
0: right? Very true. You know, And I think that's why a lot of people are so after more of a motivational or an inspirational bus because they want to just keep going but they don't necessarily want the actual tactic of what they should do next because yeah. people will do what they want to do. Like you say, I think you've, na- you think you've nailed that there. So in terms of taking investment, you know, a, a lot of business owners, there's a lot of people out there like, oh, you know, I, you know, maybe I need investment. What do you think about that? Do you think that, you know, having done it both ways, started the business, started as a side hustle and growing it versus taking the investment, you know, if you were going back, would you change anything or would you think better to get an investment or do you think it's better to start as a side hustle?
1: I think I wouldn't change my journey now because I like that, you know, the way that my journey planned out. I actually think what I like about my journey is I have learned what I've needed to learn almost not in time for the investment, but once the investment came. So, for example, had I have had just an idea and then got the investment <laughs> and You know, gone with it. I probably would have made more mistakes than the journey I've had. I had two years of issues and hurdles and overcoming them, and and realizing this is actually what I want to do. You know, because I think sometimes with business as well, I always say to people before you even do anything, just imagine doing this every single day for the rest of your life if that's what you want to do. Is it what you want to do? I have so many friends who have said, "I'm going to set a business up, and I'm going to do this," and three months down the line, you know, they've hit some hurdles. and they've Yeah, some you yeah. Know,
0: really, really good bit of advice. If this is this what you want to do every day for the rest of your life?
2: Because
1: yeah. if
0: not, you know, then you're going to give up at some point, right, because the yeah. passion's not going to be there. But exactly. clearly that was the case for you where it was,
2: right?
1: And yeah, and you know what? I think for me, my driver, you know, and it's different with different people and different businesses, but my driver isn't to make loads and loads of money as such. No, you know, that comes with the success of a business, my initial driver was to be to enjoy what I'm doing be good at what I'm doing and to make people feel good as a fashion designer which is what I originally was was really to see somebody wearing my clothes that's the biggest enjoyment to get like a good review or to get messages from girls saying oh my god I bought your hoodies and I love them that's what I do it for and Different people have different drivers, I guess, but that keeps me going. You know, that's what every day I'm like. As long as people are buying a product that they're happy with, then that makes me happy. I'm doing my job right. Oh, and right. obviously, you need
0: Good to. But <laughs> if you've got a bigger driver than just money, you're going yeah. to make more of an effort in a different way. And especially if you, you know, as a as a designer, that makes perfect sense. So, where's the best place for people to go and connect with you, uh, Sean? Is it best to go and connect with you on Insta or?
1: Yeah, you know, I'd you know, say Instagram. Instagram or, I guess, LinkedIn, but I'm not as active on there. Instagram, yeah, LinkedIn, maybe Twitter, but I don't go on Twitter that much. Yeah, or they can just pop on, you can have a look on our website at
0: www.sharmarie.com. www.sharmarie.com. Brilliant stuff. Or go into a local house there and see what's going on, right?
2: Yes, definitely.
0: Okay, which is going to be absolutely awesome. Well, I want to say a big thank you for coming on. I think it's a real great insight. I love the fact that you've got you know, it's almost like two stories really, isn't you? You know, you'd yeah. like to say that the, the pre-part, the side hustle, which I think will inspire a lot of people. And then after that, you know, going and getting that big launch and now, you know, settling into running a much bigger business, which is awesome. So I'm sure there's a lot of advice and help that people can find really useful. So a big thank you from me, Sean. It's been absolutely amazing.
1: Thank and, you for uh, having me.
0: And I look forward to watching your journey and seeing how much more this develops. Sure thank you. Amazing.
1: Thank you very much.